America. We are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. And here now, Dr. History. Good morning, Zeb. Hi, buddy. How you doing? Well, uh, it's a little warm. A little warmish, and it's going to be all week. Uh, and in the next week. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. get your work done in the morning. And you're using your deodorant? Uh, twice a day. <laughs> I thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> hey, have you got thank yous? I do. Zeb, we have uh, got some long-distance listeners. Greg from Australia. What? Greg from Australia. Really? And he has a brother named Mick, and they have been listening for a long time. Now, Mick lives in the outback town of, and Mick, I'm sorry if I don't pronounce this right, I believe it's called Huendon, H-U-G-H-E-N-D-O-N, Huendon, which is in the western Queensland, it's in western Queensland, Australia. Really? Yeah. Well, now, wasn't Mick the name of uh, Mick Dundee, uh, Crocodile I think Dundee? That, yeah, I think that was his yeah. his nickname. Maybe this guy's into crocodiles. I don't know. I, 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 well, I don't want to say that that way. You don't want to be into in a crocodile, no, crocodiles. No. So, Mick and Greg, thank you for writing. He had a suggestion on for a show, and I, I'm going to look into that. But then, I, ironic thing, Zeb, is I also got uh, an email from Jamie, who's in a place called Mount Me, Queensland, Australia. Really? So, the, just in the last week, I've had uh, three listeners from Queensland, what Australia. What could we possibly do to salute and celebrate our fine friends in Australia? I, I don't know. We could have a shrimp on the barbie. You know that commercial. <laughs> yeah, I do. But I'm allergic to seafood, oh, so I'll, well, I'll put a burger on and okay, say. Okay, throw a burger on. Yeah. And, folks, I, I, you know, I've told some of my the listeners that I've emailed that uh, I'm almost ready to publish my book. Really? And it's gonna, the title of it is Coal Miner to Cowboy. Really? And uh, it starts in 1850. My that was the year you were actually born. January 1st, 1850. A hundred years later. Yeah. But uh, anyway, it's going to contain a lot of the true stories from the podcast. Oh. So my character is born in England, January 1st, 1850, uh, in a little town called Bovey Tracy. My family moves up into Wales. My character goes to work in a coal mine at age 11, and my character wants to become a cowboy. What was your character's name? John. John Turner Radmore. I see. 
anyway, so my character comes across to America on a ship, nearly gets uh, uh, shipwrecked, uh, gets on a steamboat in St. Louis, or New Orleans, I mean, and heads up to Independence. I meet Mark Twain along the way. I oh, meet, that must uh, have been good. I'm, and he tells me some stories. Yeah. From Independence, I get on with Teamsters going to El Paso and have some runaways there and some interesting experiences. Then I get on a trail drive, a cattle drive, that goes up to Bozeman, Montana, and we have some ex- exciting adventures there. Then I get on with a stagecoach from boat from Virginia City, Montana, up there, to Salt Lake, back and forth. Then I get on with a wagon train going over to this area, the City of Rocks, and I get engaged in uh, cattle roundups. And this takes place over I two knew years. You, I thought you were going to say cattle rustling. Uh, no. <laughs> so, anyway, this pl- takes place over a period of two years. And this is interesting. Anyway, it's just been a fun hobby, and I'm right down to the last couple of chapters. Am I going to get to, a signed copy? You will, indeed. Free. Well, yeah. Okay, I'll give I'll give you one for free. Well, gee, you're such a gracious man. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> What's the title again? Coal miner to cowboy. Coal and miner. And I'll to let cowboy. everybody know when it's out there and available. Okay. Good. So, so today we're going to talk about a good old robber. Now, this guy's name is Cole Young, not Cole Younger. Oh. Don't uh, you know there was the Younger game? Yeah. But this guy just his name is Cole Young. Little known, if any. Uh, other than some of the bad things he did. So you can picture this. It's 720 at night, October 2nd, 1896. That's my birthday. October 2nd? Yeah. Oh, okay. So the Atlantic and Pacific train, number two, pulled into a small watering station on the usually dry Rio Puerto River, 35 miles southwest of Albuquerque. So not too far out of uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. So the engineer, Charles Ross, climbed down from the cab to inspect what he calls a knot pin, which I'm not sure what that is, but he left the fireman, Abe Reed, alone in the engine. Well, it only took a few minutes to repair this faulty pin. As Ross started to remount into the cab, he noticed three armed men standing on the water tank of the train. That's not good. No. Uh Before he could shout a warning, the trio dropped onto the engine and covered Reed with their pistols. They ordered Reed from the cab where the three bandits, where three more bandits appeared. Cole Young, okay, he's the leader. And he also had a name called Cole Estes. So, you know, a lot of them had different names. We don't know for sure. But he was the leader of the gang. So... Now you got six of them or seven, but here the bandits began to argue with Cole over which car was the express car and combination express car that they saw that they wanted to get because that's where the the money was sure. in, in the express car. Yeah. So Cole pointed his pistol along the train and he said, "Quote: This is the mail car. This is the express car, and that is the baggage. I know what I'm talking about. That is the express car." So he says, "That's the one we want." Okay. So, he ordered one of the bandits to accompany the engineer, Ross, to the rear of the express uh, uh, train and uncouple it from the passenger cars. So, they wanted to get rid of all the passenger cars. Well, Ross stammered that he knew nothing about uncoupling cars. I think he probably faked it. But at that moment, two shots rang out. Uh-oh. The bandit left Ross to rush to the head of the train where the shots had, he'd heard the shots, and Ross took the opportunity to go jump into a nearby coach and hide. So he got away. So he, he hid in the train. 
Yeah, and uh, jumped in one of the passenger cars oh. and just hid. Okay. Well, for the first time, the passengers realized that a holdup was in progress, uh-huh. but no one in the coaches moved except for a man from Santa Fe. As the newspaper reported, this man was U.S. Deputy Marshal H.W. Loomis. H.W. Loomis. H.W. Loomis. Don't forget that one. I will not. He'd been on Cole Young's trail for several weeks and recently had come upon some information that led him to believe that the A&P number two would be held up before it reached Albuquerque. Oh, so he was on he the in knew. the passenger. Yeah. Now Loomis had been sitting aboard one of the passenger cars with a loaded shotgun on the seat beside him when the train backed slowly out of the watering station, waiting with the other passengers uh, for the train to begin its run um, for the nearby uh, Alida Junction, further east. At the sound of the shots, he jumped from his seat, snatched up the shotgun, and headed for the rear of the car where his cartridge belt was stored. So he's fully armed now. Oh, boy. Look okay? out. Got a shotgun and probably a six-shooter uh, with his cartridge belt. So Loomis dropped real quietly off the side of the train in the darkness. Remember, was this oh, it was at, at night. night. Yeah, oh. it was at night. Within moments, his eyes adjusted to the dim light, and he could make out the figures of several men standing near the engine. One man stood apart from the others, so Loomis singled him out as his target. He threw the shotgun to his shoulder and fired. He shot. He shot. And who did he hit? That's what I'm going to tell you. I thought. <laughs> Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. He didn't know it at the time, but Loomis had chosen the very man he was after, Cole Young. He got him. He got him, kind of by accident. Yeah. Well, the buckshot cut Young, caught Young, uh, Young in the chest and the face, turning him around, caused him to partially fall to the ground. He regained his feet, however, and staggered into the darkness alone. Loomis emptied a second barrel without effect, and the bandits returned his fire. Approximately 30 shots were fired. One ball whizzed really close to Loomis's head uh, before he ducked into safety, which was a good thing to do. I would have thought about ducking primarily. <laughs> I think so. Well, two of the robbers then proceeded to the express car. They were going to continue with the robbery, Yeah. where the messenger, L.J. Kohler, was working. Yeah. Now, according to Kohler, he had the car door open when the train stopped at the watering station and then backed out. Well, when the train stopped again, he saw Brakeman Stevens and conductor Hetty rush past with a lantern. What's the matter, he said. Uh, well, Hetty replied that he didn't know, but both, both men disappeared in the direction of the engine. A few minutes later, he heard the two shots and closed and locked the door. Now, after 30 shots, why wouldn't they have closed the door then? I don't know. Maybe a good question. Anyway, he put out the lights and glanced out a small window just as Loomis, you know, the sheriff, when his shots rang out. The good guy. And he saw one of the robbers spin around and stagger into the darkness. That was young. Okay. Okay. I'm with you. Now, Kohler crouched behind the safe where the guns and the ammunition were stored, which were in the express car, but didn't attempt to use them. I don't know why. Maybe he didn't know how to use a gun. 
he felt the train move, then stop again. So thinking the robbery was over, he opened the door and looked out. He heard loud voices near the engine, so he locked the door again. And within a few minutes, two robbers approached the door, and Kohler heard one of them remark, quote, I wonder if he will open up if we ask him. <laughs> There's a lot of vagaries here. There is. And the other one replied, no, to heck with him. I bet that's what they said. We'll too. fix him. Absolutely We'll said fix heck. him yet. Yeah. Well, they spent several minutes trying to uncouple the cars, then decided to go get some dynamite they had hidden nearby. This doesn't sound good. <laughs> well, it didn't take long. Kohler again heard someone outside the car. Now, he was relieved to hear the familiar voice of a special officer named Selby uh, asking him to open the door. Then Loomis, the sheriff, the good guy, Kohler, and several others armed themselves with the guns and stuff that was in the express car. And then uh, they waited for the bandits who were supposed to be coming back with the dynamite, because that's what Kohler heard them say. We're going to go get some dynamite. So they just waited, thinking these bandits would come back with some dynamite. Well, the robbers never returned. Instead, they joined the remainder of the gang near the engine, and they forced Fireman Reed to accompany them 300 yards into the desert. And as they walked, they kept calling out Cole's name. Finally, Young was heard to say, quote, I can't come. I am done for. Then silence. So the leader of the gang is no more. He's okay. done. He's done. Cooked. Done. Yeah. Yeah. The bandits relieved Reed of his possessions, including a sack of tobacco, all the time talking to him uh, as if they were lifelong friends. Then they released him and took off. Are you kidding me? That was it. So some men went out from the train to look for the robber Loom, uh, that Loomis had shot, but they didn't find him. Meanwhile, the train was moved back into the station, and the robber reported by wire to Albuquerque. The train departed for the next area. Loomis stayed behind to continue looking for Cole Young's body. Well, well he never did find it Well, in the dark, yet, right? Right, because it was dark, and yeah. he had crawled off we don't know how far. But within a few minutes, Loomis stumbled across uh, Young. The bandit lay sprawled face down uh, in, the, in the sand. So he, he was gone. He, he was he toast. Was dead. Yeah. Yeah. But when the train pulled into Albuquerque, it was met by a sheriff, uh, Hubble, and a city marshal. And they decided to form a posse. And so a special train consisting of an engine, a car for the horses, and a caboose pulled out. So they, they figured, I guess, it'd be quicker to head out on a train with their horses and their gear uh, to head out to where the crime had taken place. Well, Deputy Marshal Loomis was waiting for them. He, like I say, he stayed out there with Cole Young's body. And as soon as the horses were uh, removed from the train, uh, there was a Dr. Castor who loaded up the corpse of Young and took it back to Albuquerque. He found four buckshot wounds, and basically the guy had bled to death. Yeah. He'd hit him in vital organs, and the guy, he wasn't going to make it. But Young was just a, not a big guy. He was only five, five uh, feet, six inches tall. No, wait a minute. The guy that died. Died, yeah. Cole Young, the robber. I, th- I thought you said earlier that Loomis shot at a tall individual thinking... Well, he shot at somebody, and and it turned out to be young. Yeah, but you said earlier he was a tall individual standing there, and it sounds like young wasn't really that tall. Well, maybe he was taller than his friends. 
Well, they must have been a bunch of pygmies or something. He must have been say. short. Okay. So anyway, he weighed 145 pounds. He was then 25 years old. He wore a plain gold ring on his left hand, Uh-oh. causing some to believe that he might have been married. Uh-huh. Maybe. But Young had a dollar forty-five in his pocket. Oh, That's my. all he had. But he had robbed several trains in the Wilcox area, and he was thought to have been in Albuquerque for several days before this attempted holdup. But Young, they considered, was not really a loss to the territory. As Marshall Loomis pointed out, I said, you know, I mentioned he was after him for other things. Because he had been the youthful leader of a robber band that was terrorizing the state. And a few months before, he had robbed a general store and a post office. He was also wanted for robbing a Santa Fe train and shooting one of the trainmen to death. Uh, so even the U.S. Cavalry had taken uh, to searching for this guy. So he was a bad guy. Well, you know, you know I want to go back, if you don't mind, quickly. And you said that uh, Young was standing in a group of guys yeah. when Loomis came out. Yeah. Now, one does not shoot a shotgun into a group. You're going to hit more than just one guy. Well, he, let's see. I'm going back here. Uh, I'm picking this apart. I'm playing Perry Mason could, well, of the old okay, West. Okay, here's here. what it says. He okay. said he could make out the figures of several men standing near near the engine. One man stood apart from the others, oh. so not necessarily taller. Okay. There you yeah. go. You have clarified it with your genius on English. Thank you. And going back and finding it in this in my notes here. <laughs> Meanwhile. Sheriff Hubble's posse discovered Cole Young's horse, which the bandits had turned loose on the trail. Their tracks led them into what they call the Ladrone Mountains. I don't know if you've heard of that. I and ended up in a box canyon. There the posse found the remains of a campfire and half of a partially eaten sheep. The posse discovered a second horse abandoned by the outlaws. Turns out it was a bay with a large TX brand on the left hip. The horse was identified as one that Cole Young had stolen from a cattle outfit north of there. So the bandit trail led southwest. So they're still after these guys. Okay. Okay. Um, well, now there were seven men that had participated in their robbery. Only three were identified: Cole Young, Jesse Miller, and a guy named Jesse or Jeff Davis, and a man known only as Black Jack. But he was not the famed Black Jack Ketchum uh, train that, robber that we've talked about before. Yeah. That was yeah. hung, and when he was hung, his they the rope was too long, and his head popped off when he. Drunk. You have such an appropriate way of saying uh, yeah. things right before you know, it's the just, lunchtime. It's yeah. a common thing. Yeah, the poor popped off. Head, head dropped off. Yeah. So anyway, so a little while later, Thursday, October 8th, the gang struck again. This time, four of them were wearing, wearing masks. And they held up a stage near a place called White Oaks. And as they went about their work, they bragged to the driver that they were going to hold up the mail stage, then coming through. Now, this wasn't very smart. They finished uh, the work. The bandits turned the stage horses loose, forcing the driver to walk back to San Antonio. So they told him, we're going to go rob this other stage. These guys are not smart. Not not very smart. So at 10 o'clock that night, they overheard the stage as as planned, or they overhauled the stage, and took some valuables from the only passenger aboard. The outlaws took off and disappeared into the foothills. On October 23rd, the same White Oaks-bound stage was held up for the third time in a month, apparently by the same guys. 
third time. The following day, they robbed the stage a fourth time in the same spot. Now, if you were the stage owners, Ed, wouldn't you start thinking, maybe this is not a good place, or maybe we should put an extra you know, shotgun guy on You'd there. get an inkling that maybe there was trouble in River City. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So... The, the, the ironic thing about this whole thing is the gang mysteriously disappeared and was never heard from again in New Mexico. No kidding. End of the story. Wow. They, and nobody really got caught. No. Except, except Cole the, Young. Cole Young. You know, and, yeah. he, and he bled to death. Yeah. So, you know, that's the story of Cole Young, the robber that, uh, 25 years old and maybe married and what a waste. May, not, may not even been his, his name. Holy smokes. So, and you know what's really interesting in the Old West, whether it's New Mexico or even here, Idaho, Montana, whatever, I wonder how many crimes that were committed ever were caught and prosecuted. Yeah. Well, if they were smart, they would quit Keep while they mouth were ahead. shut. <laughs> yeah, and quit while you're ahead. Yeah, really. So, there you go. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.